Although this episode was not recorded in Melbourne, it was recorded in Sydney at the University of Sydney. Um, it was a part of the Indonesian Council Open Conference. Um, I was really lucky to be a part of a really amazing panel, if I say so myself, um, <laughs> looking at something that I'm um, I'm very passionate about. Some of you already know that I am. Um, my my research is on social media in Indonesia, especially YouTube in Indonesia, especially horror content on YouTube. Um, so I was lucky to be, uh, lucky enough to be um, selected to be a part of this panel talking about Indonesian YouTube with some other amazing people who are also very very passionate about this thing that I'm very very passionate about as well. Um, and it was an amazing conversation. Um, and also shout out to Dr. Anissa Beta who sponsored us basically, who encouraged us to put together this panel. And also thank you to um, the other panel members, uh, dear, dear friends, Andina Dwi Fatma from Monash University, who is doing a PhD on Islamic web series in Indonesia. Um, and Andina, of course, many of you uh, also know, uh, is an amazing, amazing author. And Erika Suwarno is the, uh, the other uh, panelist. Erika is doing a PhD at the University of Melbourne, and she's doing this amazing project, which is looking at um, archival of early Indonesian YouTube. And when we're talking early, we're talking about 2012, basically. Um, and uh, there's also Dr. William Yanko, and uh, Dr. William Yanko from, um, well, he's not at RMIT anymore, but you uh, you probably remember him. He talked about uh, Indonesian hip-hop in an earlier episode, which is my first Talking Indonesia episode. Um, and yeah, we put together this panel and it was amazing. And I thought it'd be such a shame if we didn't, re it didn't, if we didn't get to share it with you. Um, so after the presentation, um, because it was all in person, it wasn't recorded, after the presentation, we went to a little classroom in the University of Sydney and recorded this conversation. And now you can hear um, us nerding out about YouTube. Um, hopefully you'll enjoy it. And if you want to um, hear about some tips on how to do research on YouTube, if you're interested and if you're a scholar interested in looking at YouTube, skip to the end or, well, <laughs> listen to the whole thing. And at the end, you can um, also hear some tips from these amazing people about, about what you should do if you want to learn YouTube um, or do some research on YouTube in Indonesia. My first question, was to um, Erika Suarno and I asked her what interested her in into studying YouTube in Indonesia. YouTube started as an entertainment in a way, but I've been interested in film for a long time, both as practitioner, I work as film manager and producer before, I went into the academia and then my academic background is literature. So... It's a little bit like a mix and match of what my passion was, is actually. And I, now 
with YouTube being something a little bit promising, but in another way, it's also something that is have been only or have only gotten like very few attention from scholars. So I'm also interested in the narrativity and like how stories are being made, what kind of story the Indonesian tools in the internet. So yeah, it kind of came together as a big project of seeing how Indonesian are represented in YouTube, but yeah, as perhaps then we can explore together right now. YouTube mm. is very, very large. <laughs> mm. There are so many perspectives that we can work on that. So yeah, for now, my main topic is about Indonesian web series. I'm doing a very long overview mapping at that time. And I'm thinking that perhaps in a year, it can also expand into something a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, and that should be. Yeah, but no, I think what's really interesting is I, I always believe that no one can be an expert on YouTube mm. because it's so huge. Mm. But it's really funny because today I, I was talking about something on YouTube and Erika was like, oh, you have to listen to this one or you have to watch this one because you know, like, you know a lot about YouTube, which is amazing. William, do you want to tell us what your research is on and why are you interested in on researching YouTube? Yeah, for sure. Hey, how's it going, everyone? You might you know, recall my name. I'm Dr. William Yanko. I was here previously talking to Tito about some of my research on Indonesian hip-hop. I got my PhD from RMIT University where I investigated the politics of Indonesian hip-hop. I map out what's going on in each of different regions using particularly socio-political mm-hmm. theories. At the moment, I'm looking at hip-hop through the, point, <laughs> through the point of view of Young Lex. Some of you might hate him. Some of you might like him. Though I would argue that Young Lex is such an influence, uh, influence figure that you cannot distinguish hip-hop in Indonesia on YouTube without talking about Young Lex. I'm really interested in seeing how he was able to transform the concept of authenticity from the street and bring, it, it, bringing, bring that concept onto YouTube creating his own space, creating his own stage, as if he's creating a whole new world of hip-hop that exists purely on YouTube. Mm. And if you don't know who Young Lex is, he's, he's a rapper, hip-hop artist from Bali, right? <coughs> he used to live there, but he has spent a lot of time in Bagasi. Right. Yeah, okay. and in now Jakarta. Yeah, and he is controversial. He's very controversial, and he's, he's quite a divisive figure. So maybe, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how you defend your thesis. That, <laughs> that young Lex is an influential figure. Andina, do you like Young Lex now? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. My name is Andina Dufatma. I'm a PhD candidate at Monash University, Australia. My research is like a zooming in in what Erica just explained. So my research is also about YouTube web series, but I focus on the Islamic ones. Why am I interested in this research? Because my background is media studies, so um, social media is naturally a fascinating world to me. And I also love to watch this little web series on YouTube. And I, I remember thinking, why do they all have almost same same messages? Like, especially when talking to young urban Muslims, like they telling you to get married early, to say no to pacaran, no dating, and also there's a huge preference toward entrepreneurism mm. like you should not be pegawai you should have business because that's what uh, Nabi Muhammad contohkan gitu so I I remember thinking that 
our web series making them more pious or more conservative, maybe. So I think that's what triggered me to do this research. And now I'm in the final stage, the writing stage. So yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> why do you think it's why do you think it's important for us to study YouTube in Indonesia? Maybe Andina, do you want to continue? YouTube is like a whole new world. You know, like it's a whole very huge space. There's there's so many const constructing narratives, I think. I, I remember I have a, a very senior friend, you know, almost in his retirement phase, and he just discovered YouTube. And I remember he called me early in the morning and said, wow, this thing has everything. <laughs> so yeah, it's fascinating. And I think for my research especially, it puts a production, con it shift in production control of Mastito. Mm. I mean, Islamic movies, you know, like Ajinta and all, um, used to, uh, brought to us by huge production houses, you know, like Falcon and everything maybe, but YouTube provides platform for small urban Muslim community to kind of write about themselves, you know, like presenting themselves in a whole new, their mm. own creative way. So I think that's mm. why YouTube is such a huge influence. Yeah. So Erika, your research is looking at kind of early YouTube, right? Yeah. Early web series on YouTube. Why, <coughs> why, why do you think that's important for us to be archiving this early examples? I mean, when we're talking about early, we're talking about what, what year? 2012. <laughs> ancient time of 2012. <laughs> why, why do we need to do that, you think? Yeah, I mean, 2012 is also, YouTube was only like seven years old. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a kind of like more, I'm not saying golden time, but it's very interesting time to be on YouTube. But to respond to your question, I think, as we all agreed, YouTube has everything. But also coming, perhaps this is also part of my experience in trying to kind of like justify my study on YouTube. There has been, I've been so little uh, attention given in terms of academic. While I think that is the, uh, the complete opposite of what happening in our real lives, I mean, uh, all of us obviously have ever watched like a single video of YouTube, like perhaps uh, almost every day. But I think to reflect on my study, I I basically want to do two things. One is to have a comprehensive map. At least someone has to do that. <laughs> Especially not everything, but perhaps I can provide contributions if we're talking about series. And also to return to the the kind of like, uh, I'm not saying history, but more like the kind of uh, environment that Indonesian film industry has that we actually also need to have that kind of archive, uh, not only for uh, research, but also for having a more creative foundation or like we can look back into mm or looking into the, the past works and that we can learn from them, we can uh, develop them into something new. And I think that's still quite rare. Yeah. And I, I also yeah, want to encourage that kind of practice because we, we can meet like younger scholars and they want to work on YouTube, but sometimes 
I think that they will face the similar challenges that I had <laughs> before. Like I, I'm having difficulties to find who who talked about YouTube previously. Who can I kind of like see or you know or like I'm not saying example, but more like I I want to see if any other people have ever done. Mm similar approaches and something like that yeah no and i think it is interesting because if we're talking about youtube in the early years there's a lot of creativity right there's you know people were you know there are people who are obviously copying what the american youtubers were doing for example but also there were people who were just like oh what's this youtube thing let's do something together and i think it's very important that we we keep an archive of that so just to be to just to clarify are you building an archive for these videos or is that what you're doing with your project? For web series, certainly. Yes, I'm building an archive and hopefully it can provide a beginning. I'm not that ambitious and <laughs> <laughs> uh, positive that I can do everything. Uh, I also work in a limited time span, uh, yeah, more to kind of like make sure that I'm not fearing off here and there because mm. definitely the temptation will still be there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very open. That's why I'm, I'm welcoming any kind of collaboration because there's so many things that we need to kind of like look into, work mm. on. And yeah. if there, the more people that we can have to work on this, will be the best. <laughs> yeah, and I want to talk about that later because I think I've met many young scholars in Indonesia who, when I told them, oh, I'm studying YouTube, and they're like, you can study that? You know, I was like, yes, you can. Um, but maybe we're also privileged because we know that we have access to knowledge production tools and, and yeah, institutions as well. Well, Andina was saying before, and Erika was also saying before about this creativity that we are seeing complexity of, you know, what people are creating on YouTube. You're not, like, you're not a specialist YouTube scholar. You know, you're more of a hip-hop scholar, but you're looking at YouTube. Is YouTube creating a specific culture of creativity in hip-hop um, that you can see? Definitely. I, one of the interests why I study YouTube and why I, I chose to participate in this panel, even though I'm not an expert on it, right? It's, it's purely because of that. Um, during my research, I found that there are quite a lot of new interactions, um, new features, um, and new ways of doing things that are, that are actually forbidden by a lot of the old gods of the hip-hop world in Indonesia that these people were able to break. Like, again, people like Young Lex, people like, like Reza Arab and all of his mates, Atta Halilintar and all of those people. The sort of stuff that they, they, they rap on YouTube, the sort of music videos, the sort of art that they produce on YouTube are completely different with what is actually happening in Jakarta, what is happening in Bekasi, in Bali, in Yogyakarta. When people perform on the street, they are not doing the same sort of stuff that they are doing on YouTube. It's it feels almost like a totally different world. Mm. Yeah. And that's why I'm so interested in it. Yeah. Andina, of course, you know, you've you you're a published author, award winning author. <laughs> Sorry, that was a joke that we've been doing all day. Do you see you teach writing as well, right? Do you see anything different to the way many of these young people on YouTube in the way they write, the way they produce? Is there something that's specific that they do because it's YouTube? 
I think in terms of writing, uh, especially referring to my <coughs> research participants, it's not necessarily YouTube gives them um, special new way or something different, but they, for the first time, they can use, there is a platform that they can use without, you know, without any currency process or you have to know someone who knows someone. No, you can, you can straight produce your content. And w- w- one of the findings that I find really interesting in Mastito is people think that these Islamic web series creators are somewhat conservative, but I found that they are inspired by many content. They are not necessarily Islamic. Like one of the script writers that I talked to, she is very inspired by Korean drama. She 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 loves Korean drama and she learns about it, and she told me that Korean drama has this pattern, you know, of writing when, in in the beginning, when everything's fine and there's a conflict and in certain episode there's the conflict resolution and and all, and she used that pattern in in her writing. Mm. So I think I think YouTube is you know, making writing stories more inclusive. Mm. So yeah, that's that's the. Do you think many of your students create content on YouTube? Yeah, many of them, I think. Not, though not necessarily writing, but... <laughs> and um, I encourage my students to study about YouTube, actually, because I, I'm in the communication department, media studies, so I think one of my my mahasiswa scripsi is about young life, but not necessarily... <laughs> I think it's about the language. Yeah, okay. I think yeah, it's about the language. But yeah, so maybe that's... Referring to what Erika said, that the more people research about YouTube, it's better for us. So I think we can encourage Mm. that in classes, yeah. Yeah, and I think this is what I see as well, right? There's a lot of copying, obviously. There's a lot of, yeah, what Mm -hmm. I said before, about people just seeing, oh, you know, that American guy does this, that's cool, I'm going to steal that technique, you know. but, But there's a lot of, in the act of copying, then they make it local. They, may, they give their own, you know, is, is that something that you see as well in the early you know, 2012, early years of YouTube? Yeah, we're talking specifically about early years YouTube because my presentation was about yeah. early years YouTube. But I think there's a lot copying in localizing mm. in a way. And I think perhaps it's rather difficult to, to pin an exact, uh, what is it like point where it starts to get local but I think b- between that blur lines sometimes I mean it, it's still it I mean I would w- like to argue that YouTube still works like popular culture products that sometimes it can work <laughs> sometimes yeah. it can't so when it works perhaps they will find something new something that I think that that still applies until like very recent or like mm-hmm. yesterday's videos. You can make something, it can go viral and then you can make something else like or similar thing that it can goes like uh, like gets nothing. Mm. So yeah, interestingly, I think uh, also to have uh, to have uh, share collaborators will provide us with that kind of like timeline points to see where we turn here and there. But I also want to say that YouTube also has its own evolution. So I don't know, perhaps the way they share video change a little bit, the way they put their algorithm change a little bit. Therefore, Mm -hmm. sometimes you can monetize this. 
last month, but this month they made an adjustment, so they we cannot do that anymore. Mm. So things like that is very dynamic, and I think it's at least for me it's important to at least try to capture what what's happening there. Yeah, and it is it is a preca- precarious mm. position to be in, right? That mm. one day Google could just change. their policies Mm. and you lose half of your money or something and if you you know for listener if you have young people in your life who want to be youtuber we can tell you as researchers (laughs) on youtube it is hard work right you have to keep up you have to know what's popular yeah so it is an amazing world but you do a lot of work so uh, william you're also a musician right how important from what you can see how important is YouTube for Indonesian musicians? I would say for younger people, especially those who actually live outside of Java, outside of Jakarta, Bandung, or any of those bigger cities, YouTube provides a platform for them to be able to hit it big or, or put their music out there mm-hmm. without any limitations. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, like back in, in the early 2000s, 1990s, you have to contact people. You have to get an, an agreement from other people. You have mm. to ask for permission. Even then, you can't release your music straight away because you have to go through a lot of gates, right? Mm. A lot of gatekeepers who say, oh, hey, I don't think your music can sell. I don't think these lyrics work. But once you get on YouTube, you have a direct channel, direct access to people who might actually like what you're doing. Mm. And furthermore, it provides you with a lot more audience members, right? You're not targeting a specific people in Jakarta you're targeting the whole YouTube audience. Mm. You're targeting the whole world. Which is, we talked about this in your episode, we talked about Rich Brian, yes, right? <laughs> who was discovered by the US, basically, mm. and they fell in love with him. And, and it, it is interesting, we had this discussion about how Ben had, had to change his name because he was discovered by the US, yes. because his original name was not very uh, friendly for American yeah. <laughs> listeners. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe some, the next thing I want to talk about as well is you know the influence of YouTube in you know people's daily lives. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people who are watching who are people who are watching this web series focusing on yeah Islamic values, Andina. Mostly urban young urban Muslims uh, and. The thing about uh, this web series channel, Mastito, the one that differentiates them from big movies, they have fan-based community. Mm. And the one uh, channel that I researched, it, he, it had about a thousand members in 34 different cities. Mm. So yeah. yeah, so they discuss about, about the web series, they help nonton bareng, and so if you ask who's the audience, I think these young people Mm. Or the audience. Yeah. We've been quite positive about YouTube now, right? Because YouTube is amazing. It provides all this creativity, access for people to do amazing things. And, you know, like what you said, Will and Andina as well, you know, the the problem of access in the past, and, you know, as a journalist, although Andina is laughing at me because I keep forgetting (laughs) my questions, (laughs) as a journalist. Thank you. (laughs) As as a journalist, you know, um, I think yeah, we 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 used to control the access to all these tools, these storytelling tools, right? But now everyone, almost everyone, has easy access to this. But is that actually true, Erica? You might uh, be able to uh, have something to say here. Whether this 
possibly this myth that YouTube is accessible to everyone. That's not really the complete view of things, right? Yeah, it's certainly not the complete view. And I think just to reflect on today's presentation about the early days, since we're talking about 2012, we are also talking about yeah, what else? Internet access. And I think that is one of the most significant uh, aspect of YouTube that brings us all here today. And in terms of control or in terms of access, uh, of course, all these, uh, all this YouTube exposure is depending in internet access. And I think one of my arguments is that Indonesia has this kind of like development in access. And I'm particularly interested in uh, some years, I need to check back on this, so don't quote me on this, but in some years, internet, oh sorry, telecommunication provider began to provide packages, like packet data for YouTube, that really helps you access YouTube and mm. making YouTube something that is easily accessible. And that, I think, plays an important role in how we begin to adapt YouTube more naturally to yeah. our everyday life. So perhaps talking back in the past, like in the last 10 years, it was it was kind of a privilege to have an internet access in 2010. Mm. You need to have, you need to pay a lot. Mm. But compared to nowadays where you can have it as a part of your internet data, so you can access that, and you can easily type anything into the search box <laughs> to find what do you want to cook tonight, yeah. what, how do I deal with this faulty plumbing thing and everything, <laughs> and then I, I just need some white noise or I want to watch something. That 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 really shows, and again, just I'm just going to come back to this whole, uh, whole idea of researching YouTube of how there are so many things in between that we can work on that. Mm. Yeah, and William, uh, you talk, I think it's going to be quite interesting for us to talk about this uh, problem of access, especially you also looked at hip hop artists from Eastern Indonesia, right? For whom YouTube is very important. Can you tell us how important it is for them? And Andina, you might want to add here, so because your husband is a fan of <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, how important is it for them? But also, do you know if if there are maybe artists, hip hop artists, or other musicians who probably yeah can't access YouTube in the same way as as other artists you know who are we forgetting who are we marginalizing because of of this technology yeah. Mm. yeah definitely i mean being able to to get to where everything is even though you don't have like quite literally a street to get there mm. right any sort of connections to get there is truly important for those who live in papua there are a lot of hip-hop artists in, in jayapura and they are all incredible their sort of collective on YouTube is massive, mm -hmm. right? You might ask people from, from other islands, they might not know who they are, but 
the fact that they were able to push their music out there without having access to any sort of levels. Mm. They are all self-producing everything, right? Like literally in their friend's bedroom, yeah. <laughs> recording in yeah. a, a music using, you know, one of those early 2000s sort of microphone like that, that you have on, on your computer, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. The, the long white one. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were recording their music using wow. those. And yeah. that's incredible, right? But one of the things that we, we tend to forget is that even though there are people who might be able to do that, the shift in YouTube is that uh, quality is the priority, mm. right? If, your, if the quality of not necessarily your music, but the production of your music is not up to par, there will be people who criticize your music purely because of that. Mm. You might have inc incredible content. You might have incredible musicality. But because of the limitation in, in your production tools, they might not look at you or they might look at you but look at you downwards mm. you know they they might not look high up at you mm. they'll be like okay yeah the the music is okay but the sound sucks so i don't mm. really want to listen to you yeah and andina this is what you mentioned before right this is probably a provocative question but for this people producing on youtube mm -hmm. is the dream to then go into producing real films yeah. and you can't see me doing the scare quotes but yeah is that still the way people see youtube well in in terms of my research participants that situation happens so they use it we call it as a calling card for them you mm. know mm. to scale up to all your industries and that is but at some cost of course, like uh, the the web series, one of the web series that got published w with Falcon Production House, the storyline is similar, but the the plot is somewhat different when I compare it to the original version. Mm. But the movie sells good, so and uh, and after that, big production houses starts to recruit these web series writers to be in their team, you know, so. Yeah, they are scaling up to larger industries, and mm. maybe that also affects their production. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, William. I have to say, I have I haven't really thought about it, but also, yeah, with my research, I'm seeing more and more polished uh, polished production. Mm. You know, in the past, it's probably just a guy yeah. with a phone. With shaky. Yeah, really <laughs> shaky, phones, which uh, which creates this beautiful kind of aesthetics. That uh, it's like it's very YouTube, it's very mm -hmm. online. But now, yeah, and even. You know, a lot of the people who are doing vlogs, mm. there's always this like beautiful, they use beautiful lens with, you know, like background, foreground, mm. um, that not many people, you have mm. to have technical skills and you have to have money to build those things. Mm. I'm going to ask you quite a, maybe a provocative question again <laughs> to everyone, but Erika will start with you. Is there such a thing as an Indonesian YouTube? And if there is... <laughs> What does it look like? And if there isn't, why? The one million dollar question. <laughs> or I think, and this might be just a personal opinion, they, they certainly will be in Indonesian YouTube, but we will have quite difficult time to really define them. Mm. And at least for me, the definition will probably be matter less compared to what the content is. Mm. I'm not, I, I hope I'm not being very positive, but in a way 
I think. <laughs> no, better better have like a little bit of negativity. <laughs> but I think by accepting different kind of content or like different kind of approach, I think that will probably make a better definition of mm. Indonesian YouTube. So, mm. yeah, it's a little bit like the opposite of each other. Like we don't we we need to define define it, but. A certain fixed definition will mm. also box yeah, it and yeah. compartmentalize it and making mm. it just like one sentence yeah. <laughs> instead of like how rich uh, everything is, regardless of the quality, yeah. of course. And sometimes I just want to add a little bit to what Will said, like because sometimes there are channels who prioritize over quantity. Mm. Because that's quality over quantity. Yeah. No, quantity over quality. Quantity over quality. Okay. Because that's where the money is. I mean, yeah. with quality, you have more efforts. You, you put your heart into it, but then you only have one video. Mm. With quantity, like the top Indonesian YouTuber, which I'm not gonna name, <laughs> you put <laughs> out, <laughs> which you all know, yeah. they put out like quantity of content, like almost daily content, yeah. which which yeah. provide them with. A lot of earnings <laughs> out of algorithm. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's always the 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 dynamic is very interesting. Yeah, and and we talked about this, Erica, about how there are villages where people, are, you know, people from a kampung, or just this one person who started going on YouTube and getting money, and basically really builds his own his whole village like <laughs> builds a you know bangun masjid etc right buy a car. yeah and it's yeah, and buy a car and you can see that so it is it is something that's actually affecting the the yeah changing cities changing mm. towns changing mm. villages around indonesia as well and i think it it is something something that's very interesting to to talk about about mm. what you said before <laughs> i think maybe again this is an expression of of my opinion because Usually I'm just a host, but because <laughs> no, I, I was a part of this <laughs> conversation as well. Well, I think, you know, Erica, what you mentioned before, it's like maybe the last thing I would probably want to do is to see some sort of government officials saying, okay, let's create an Indonesian YouTube yeah. oh, because no. that will kill the creativity yeah. that we see. I mean, you can do it well, right? You can do it like in South Korea, for example, where they, you know, cut the tax, yeah. etc. Yeah. Is that, yeah, are you worried about that no, as well? Uh, have you heard, Miss, that Indonesian government actually put a request to YouTube to take down some channels? Right, no, I that, not heard. That happened, yeah. I once researched in a queer channel I think it's called Chonk, C-O-N-Q. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a web series. There's a web, web series, series yeah. yeah. But now I, I, I can't find it anymore. Okay, the, the, mm. and, and, and some some news that I encountered in the Google search said that the Indonesian government asked YouTube to take it down. So mm. yeah, so right. maybe there should not be Indonesian YouTube message. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> put everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just want to add to that. Yeah. And saying that the Indonesian government also uses YouTube, mm. provide information mm. as a as a PSA or like I'm not saying they perhaps they perhaps won't have not reached to the level of getting earnings from YouTube, but they they realize I think they realize the potential and they they also are utilizing it to yeah. Mm. No, I remember during I think it was two years ago the Independence Day ceremony. 
I was there, you know, watching the, I mean, I'm not a particularly patriotic person, but it, it allowed me who live somewhere else overseas to be able to be a part of this, you know, so I think, and that was the Indonesian government, the official Indonesian government. Well, yeah, what, what about you? How do you think there is an Indonesian YouTube? Um, I would say there, there are parts of YouTube that are Indonesian, but not necessarily Indonesian YouTube. I mean, if you, if you go back to the roots, what is Indonesian? Like, <laughs> like you know, what, what is purely Indonesian? Like everything, it's, it's fusion, right? Mm. All the food that we eat, all the clothing that we have, if you track it down to the roots and then pull it out, there are a lot of things that made up what Indonesia is. Mm. So how do you first define Indonesia would yeah. be, and creating those barriers within the digital world would be truly difficult because how would you put your gate at? Where do you put your wall at, mm. right? It's, it's an open space. You might be able to put, you know, Indonesian words, words on it. You can tag Indonesia on it, but I don't think that necessarily make it Indonesian. Mm. Andina, do you want to add anything to that? No, I think I agree with what, what, what we all said. There will, we don't need to define an Indonesian YouTube and mm. like we don't need to define an Indonesian everything, right? Mm. And what I hope and I wish to see in YouTube is more and more diverse content coming from everywhere, every region. And mm. yeah, I hope there's something beautiful because of the differences there. Yeah. 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 And do you want to add to that? Yeah, though I I do appreciate how how incredible of a platform YouTube is. I I can't help but you know bring it up that YouTube could be a source of divisiveness as well. Mm. Like it is a platform for you to be able to grab and and get everything everything and everyone together. But I've I've seen quite a few channels where they just put out a lot of contents that are incre incredibly divisive. Mm. I I I knew of somebody who doesn't live in Indonesia, uh, he lives elsewhere, but he produces contents around Indonesian politics. Mm. I would say 99.99% of his contents are fake. Like a lot of those provocative sort of contents, you know? Mm. Just spreading gossips about people, or about area, and he's producing like six videos a day with wow. like 200,000 to 300,000 views per video, which is insane, right? And I don't think you can measure the amount of you know, fake information out there spread by these sort of channels. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, our presentation today was more about, you know, web series and mm. hip hop and, you know, we didn't talk about journalism, we didn't yeah. talk about misinformation. Yeah. Is the algorithms of yeah. YouTube, which, yeah. which can mislead everyone. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, maybe we should do, do another episode because that's a whole, that's, I mean, that is an important thing, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's, yeah, there's a lot of misinformation yeah. out there. Yeah. Are you worried about that, yeah. Andina? Of course, of course. I mean, being a social media platform, right? Mm. Uh, the algorithm is not to create informative content. Mm. It's to create controversial yes. content, right? Regardless mm. of if it's wrong, if it's right. It's somebody that people just want to watch, you know? Mm. So I think that's the danger of not only YouTube, but all the social media platforms that we have to address. Mm. Maybe in different panel, must you thought. Yeah, maybe. We'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a special issue. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm just going to add for that onto Will and Andina's comment and to kind of like return to where we started mm. and why we are researching YouTube. Because obviously it would not be all 
the happy mm. things coming out of YouTube, but also I think one of one of the way that we can study YouTube, we can learn from YouTube is also how we can understand their content better, and then not to police them or some sort, but more like to was it to be critical about them or to be to be uh, was it ex- yeah to be critical about mm. them basically yeah and then we can navigate through yeah what different kind of contents yeah so media literacy is going to be yeah, digital kind of media literacy is going to be important yeah. oh that's another panel <laughs> <laughs> maybe lastly i just want to ask you because some of our listeners are researchers they might be like oh yeah maybe i want to study youtube maybe i want to search youtube can you share with us some of your the problems that you face with youtube as a researcher and you know if you have any tips for researchers who want to study youtube do you want to start with maybe erica I think, at least for me, what happened to me was that I initially had, or I faced many challenges in terms of justifying my research. (laughs) Maybe that sounds familiar, (laughs) but more like, yeah. But I think I I got to this stage uh, after starting uh, quite small and then uh, working through the small things. So, you know, perhaps you want to research one aspect in a... in one YouTube videos and that's all right. Or you want to take some like groups of videos and then you want to work on them as a group or like individual uh, videos and that's all right. And I think uh, at least in my opinion, there's no right or wrong in uh, the initial approach uh, of working on YouTube and that that's why perhaps later we can you know, work on a variety of themes or looking through genres and then we can we can adapt methodology or things like that. So, Mm. yeah, challenges will always be there for any kind of research. (laughs) So, yeah, I would I would just say, like, it's 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 okay and to start small. So if you can find one thing, then you can move to next thing and so on. William, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I I feel like if you want to do something on YouTube, right, if you want to study something on YouTube, it is fine to be different. It is fine to study something that might not be significant to a lot of people. The sort of things that I studied, that I, I wrote a thesis, my PhD thesis on, was Indonesian hip hop. Mm. If you talk to anybody in Indonesia and you, you told them, hey, I'm, I'm literally doing a PhD, or I did a PhD on Indonesian hip hop, they would look at you differently. <laughs> they would be like, Seriously? what? <laughs> yeah, like, are you serious, dude? Why, why, why are you doing it on Indonesian hip hop? Like, as something as simple as that, it's important for you to start. Anything that you want to do, uh, any sort of research that you want to do, don't think that your research, your passion, will only stick with you. Hmm. There are billions of people out there. I did not expect the sort of people who will read and quote my stuff. Hmm. I did not realize the sort of impact that, that, you know, an idea that I had one day could suddenly make other people's life better could suddenly make other people's research easier because now they know, oh, hey, if I want to do Indonesian hip-hop, maybe I should look at Will's work, you know. Mm. Your work matters. No matter how small the topic is, no matter how big, how niche the topic is, just just start doing it and explore those different things, you know, Mm. things that might not be popular, things that might not have like, you know, 200,000 views. It's fine to start and study people, videos that have 50 views. Yeah. Yeah. Because they might offer different point of views 
that are really important to study. I think that's a really good point, and I think I want to add to that. That sometimes when people are, you know, I think my experience is I tend to look at, you know, videos with millions of views yeah. from. So, oh, that's interesting. But often the most interesting are, yeah, the videos with 50 views. Yeah. But it's there, and you know, you go, oh, and to get there, it takes a long time for mm. you to realize that, oh, that video is actually interesting mm. because you probably have seen so many mm. videos, and <laughs> it's it's only after you've done it for a while you go, this mm. is an interesting yeah. video, yeah. even when it's only watched by 20 people. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you're, you're nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with what Erica and Will said, and you know, just be be brave and be imaginative. Because when I do literature review for my for my PhD, I found a lot of articles that I never thought that you could do research about that. Like this one research about an ASMR video on YouTube <laughs> about daily routine of Muslim women in some country, but she she doesn't show her face, only the hands. And it turns out to be a one this one great art journal article called, you know, so. You don't have to always do research like positively uh, impact Indonesian <laughs> politics like yeah. that. No, no, the personal is political. You know, yeah. just doing research about daily life, about hip hop, about you know ghost, about mm. <laughs> daily routine, about um, video re recipe maybe. Mm, <laughs> that yeah. you, you you can research about that. So don't be afraid. Be be brave. Be imaginative, and you'll figure it out. Yeah, and if you have ideas, you can always email us. So just talk to <laughs> of us. course, uh, let's collab. <laughs> do collab with us. See, mm -hmm. we're, we're all YouTubers. Collab. Let's yeah. collab. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Erika Suarno, William Yanko, and Andina Dwifatma. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Can we ask you, though? <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> well, is there something you want to ask me? Yeah, just just about the scaling up. Mas. You, 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 you said that a lot of horror content getting more polished mm. and is that also happen in the ghost videos like they are being recruited by I think I think it's what I see with horror videos I study horror, horror content you know content horror on mm. on YouTube on Indonesian YouTube well, you know on YouTube in Indonesia YouTube made by <laughs> Indonesian <laughs> people <laughs> um, <careful>. yeah <laughs> and I think what I'm seeing there is right from the beginning there had been people who because horror is such a big industry in indonesia right mm. so there were people who had tv experience oh, okay. and they're like oh i can do this on youtube mm -hmm. and i can do i know how to look good how to make things look good so there are people like sarah wijayanto uh, risa saraswati you know these are people who already knew the world of tv yeah, citra prima they know showbiz mm. So right from the beginning, we all we already saw people like Philo Sebastian, for example, who are who now have really polished videos. He began creating really simple videos, just vlogging kind of videos. Mm -hmm. And there are people who like to sketch things and they draw like you know ghosts, mm -hmm. stories. Quite you know, yeah, not a lot of production value in it. But right from the beginning, we also have people like Risa Saraswati, Sarah Wijayanto, who had produced all these po highly polished things, which also actually is interesting, right? Because when they go to haunted locations, we know, well, if you know TV production, we kind of know you're not on your own. Yeah. <laughs> because I can see like... A lot of crew. 
juice. Yeah, we can. <laughs> this, you could not have produced this on your own. Yeah, yeah. So in a way, kind of, you know, as we talked about this in the presentation, YouTube is all about authenticity, right? Mm. So sometimes it it's more powerful for a guy who goes into a haunted location mm. on his own mm. with, you know, a torchlight with a smartphone. Mm. It's it's nice looking at the really polished stuff, mm. but I think. Yeah, I think I, I I like watching like the really like rough ones that are yeah. So so yeah, to the question I th- and but and now, I think what what will will's points before was you know now what is going to happen with those people who just want to go? I just want to share ghost stories. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to, you know, put makeup on my face. I don't know how to you know produce like super beautiful lighting. I just want to share ghost stories. They might not be watched, but they might go into YouTube and they might feel like, oh, I can't find an audience because if you have to compete. And, you know, like YouTube changes the way they present their videos all the mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. And thumbnails, you know, like if you have someone to pay to create a like a super attractive thumbnail, then people will watch your video, right? Despite what the video is about. Meanwhile, if you don't have access to those things, then you can't create a good thumb, uh, thumb thumbnail photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things that you have to think about when yeah when we're talking about YouTube, and it's just it's a rich world. I'm very very happy and feel very lucky to have shared a panel with you Aww. today yes. at the Indonesian Council. Oh, actually, I just want to shout out to um, Anissa Beta, who helped us create this panel. Thank you, Anissa. Thank you. <laughs> but also, she said something really interesting during the plenary, the first day of this conference. She said she was asked, you know, what is what is it to be in? What was the question again? Yeah, what, what's an Indian, what, what does it take to be Indonesian today? And she said something really interesting, which was to be a young Indonesian sometimes now is to be incomprehensible. And I think that's YouTube, right? It's like it's complex, it's incomprehensible. But it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of stories. And hopefully we'll see more and more people studying YouTube. And yeah, get in touch with us. We'll call that. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Like, comment, and subscribe. Like, <laughs> comment, and subscribe. <laughs> I should not say. I, I, I should say thanks, guys. Yes. <laughs>